0: It must be quite an exciting thing, isn't it, to get into an NHL game for the Boston Bruins. What do you feel about it, Willie? Really? Anything well, unusual? No, it was the greatest show of my life, I believe. I'll
1: always remember this
0: day. We played the Montreal Canadiens in Boston and uh, I scored my first National League goal It was not only my first but it was the uh, the winning goal. In terms of this business of being a Jackie Robinson of hockey, have you had any troubles? No, none none that you could uh, say that were troubles. I've had a few jeers like that, but uh, I guess all hockey players do.
1: Hello, and welcome to Sideshow. This is the first Sideshow. Our good friend Biff will be driving the ship. This Sideshow will be all about the great Willie O'Ree, I almost okay. want to say like yeah. lost to history, which he's not, but he definitely is not on the pedestal that I think he should be. Uh we're doing the sideshow this week because after uh, fifty six years since she first laced him up with the boss. It was was it 59? Yeah. fifty-nine? Something 60, like something that, yeah. like that. Yep. So yep. so yeah, so we're talk we're talking, gosh, we're talking, you know, oh, sixty years later. They're finally retiring his jersey. First, you know, first black uh, player to break the color barrier in the NHL. An amazing story. But, Biff, why don't you talk a little uh, about him? I know you got a great Willie story.
0: Well, so I'll talk about the story, but obviously it's really important that of all the cities, you know, hindsight, Boston is maybe not where you expect the first non-white player to emerge from, but that's where he ended up. And, you know, to some degree it speaks to the fact that he was a legitimate NHL talent in a league that was only a six-team league at the time. So we're talking about, he got one of 120 jobs that was available at that time. So that on its own, I think is, is really a testament to how great he was. And obviously if he came along 10 years later after the expansion, uh, he, he probably would have been a mainstay in the NHL.
1: But, I mean, you put him on the Buffalo team in 65. Yeah. Absolutely. They're a cup team. So,
0: well, 65 with it, you know, the Se- 75, 75, 75, 75. I'm, I'm thinking,
1: yeah. right, good. Yeah. Buffalo had one right. great line. If they had right. a second line guy like you know, Willie,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, it's a really a testament, a big deal that he was the first to break the color year, but he did it within the context of a tiny, tiny league. I mean, smaller than the other professional league. So, in that sense. It was a it was a huge deal. Like many hockey players, and like many Canadians, oh my God, Willie O'Ree is one of you know, the nicest, classiest, greatest people I have ever met in my life. I ran into him just on on, on chance, uh, even though my wife to this day will refute that claim. The wife and I had a a date day at the Santa Monica Pier one day, and coincidentally, NHL had an event going on that day what? where they even had where they even had the Stanley Cup present. And I had, I literally had no idea that this was happening. It just it just happened to be pure coincidence. And so I had my picture taken with the cup, blah, 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 not important. As I was walking around the area, I saw this one guy who I immediately recognized as the great Willie O'Ree. So I went up to, you know, shake his hand and say hi. He immediately kind of uh, just said, here, let me give you this card. And he gave me an autographed card of himself right away. And we talked for about ten minutes, just you know, just this and that about hockey, and uh, we talked a little bit about you know, you know, like grandeur among other things. Just an approachable, humble guy. Who and maybe because it was in L.A., but he seemed shocked that oh my God, somebody actually recognized me. So that was the impression that I got. And this this really goes to you know, most hockey players that I've met. But he's just the the classiest, nicest guy. But I think the the importance of you know him. Breaking the color barrier is that even though he, you know, this happened in the '50s. I don't know if, if the next player that I can remember of color that was in the NHL was around 1974. I think it was in the Capitals expansion year when um, I think his name was Marston, but that wasn't like the next colored player. So obviously, even though he did break the uh, the color barrier way back in the day. You know, NHL, like they are with many things, are very slow in in progressing, and that is is a point of disappointment, you know, for many of us.
1: So back back but, back in the fifties, yeah. back in the fifties, like Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah, Major League Baseball was the creme de la creme of of baseball, but the Pacific Coast League, you know, the, the best, the two best teams in the Pacific Coast League were probably as good as the third, fourth best team in Major League Baseball. You know, right, same right. thing. You know, the the NBA was like eight teams back then. The NHL was only right. six teams for like sixty years. Yep, yep, the yep. West Coast League, I, I don't, I, I don't remember if it was called West, the the Pacific League. What was the league that the goals were in? Because Willie or we played out here. Four years, or, right, or, or, or where you are, you know the funny thing is Boston has his reputation as, uh not being the most um uh, just a bunch of I'm trying to think a nice way to say it. but yeah Boston has a reputation of being a bunch of racist bastards. But
0: well, let's just say that the you know the Celtics were kind of slow in you
1: know no the Celtics were the right? exception. The Celtics were the oh, no, no the Celtics uh, the, Red the Red, Red Sox? Sox the Red Sox yeah you know the on the other side of town the Celtics were the first team with a black player a black coach, yeah, right, right. a black right, GM, right. an all-starting five black, while simultaneously Tom Yaki was the last loaner. Right, right. Loan right, right, right. But then, then Willie's hockey career takes him to San Diego, you know, yep. where he uh, – honestly, if he played in a in a WHA city or, or you know, if he played in the 60s, the early right, 60s, right. the uh, Cleveland Barons. Was it the Barons? Am I thinking of that in Cleveland? that was-
0: Oh, in the, in the 70s, the NHL team?
1: No, no, even before even before the well, WHA. They, they were also
0: on AHL team, right?
1: Right. Yeah. But Willie, yeah. you know, goes, and, and one of the many interesting things about him, uh, one of yeah. the fun facts about him, as good as he was, he, most of his career, I don't know when the accident happened, but was blind in the right eye.
0: Yeah, I think it was actually much, you know, he was like really, really young. So I think it, he pretty much hit it throughout... Much of it, even his development years, I think. Right. So, you but know, it's one of those where, you know, I mean, why would I tell anybody, you know, they'll just not play me, right? So,
1: well, in, in hockey back then, w- w- when you look at it and it just looks so slow on the old clips, and I'm not diminishing the players, but back then, the left winger would start off playing the left wing and would go up the ice and come down the ice and never come off the wing. You know, it's like, no, no the right way would stay I mean, people stayed yeah. truly, they they stayed in the lane. And so that's how he was kind of able to hide it because back then it wasn't, right. Oh, well I, I play center, but I'll loop and I'll cover the D and I'll do yeah. this. And it's like the European stuff and the Russian five, right, 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 you know, that right. was 40 years, you know, later. So he was able to hide the fact by he, you know, by playing, you know, the wing, <laughs> right, of the right. eye he could see out of
0: but i mean regardless right i mean clearly to have the skill to play a good chunk of a season in the nhl like i said 120 jobs i mean that is a monumental accomplishment on its own and you know the unfortunate thing was the the next you know the next generation if you will was slow in coming in the nhl in contrast to the other league in that sense with the unfortunately didn't have the same impact that maybe Jackie Robinson has, say had in baseball. I think it's it is important that he was the first. So this is the kind of goes back to when we talk about Jackie Robinson and, and Willie O'Ree, you know, NHL historically is really really behind in terms of just being with the times. I at the time I really thought that when the Major League Baseball made that monumental decision to retire Jackie Robinson's number, You know, league wide, I'm thinking. You know, I mean, they clearly stole, clearly had that idea. You know, to and I think NHL could have at least ridden that wave, even if it was for the promotional. Well,
1: it doesn't uh, matter why you do the right thing. I mean, you can diminish doing the right thing because of X, Y, and C, but doing the right thing is doing the right thing. Um, Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. When. Did the NHL baseball retire Jackie Robinson's number league wise?
0: So, yeah, I think the chronology is really what hurts me the the most because that happened in 1997.
1: 97, okay. Right. And then the NHL retires Gretzky jersey league wide. Now, first of all, no asshole is going to put on ninety (laughs) nine. You know what I mean? It's like no. But they they retired that jersey league wide, and that was a promotional thing. But they still did it. Why ever they did it? And they didn't say, "Hey, yeah, he's great. He's you know." But we should also do this.
0: No, I mean, I don't. I don't think that you. I pissed off if they mixed in Willie O'Ree with Gretzky, right? Because it kind of dilutes it. I. So I, but either way, even if they didn't retire his number league wide, it would have been great if the Bruins retired his 22, kind of riding the Jackie Robinson wave, you know, if you will, in 97. I think the thing that really re-irks really me is that I kind of had this weird supposition that Willie O'Ree was already in the Hockey Hall of Fame because he should have been in the Hockey Hall of Fame years ago. Just
1: a couple of years and ago.
0: It didn't happen until 2018, which is ridiculous when you consider the fact that you have like a like modern owner became a Hockey Hall of Fame inductee in like 2004. Illich, who's the owner of the uh, Red Wings, became an inductee in like 2004, which is like outright insulting. So in many ways, you know, hockey, like I said, hockey is always behind the times. Hockey's response to... You know the goings on in this summer was obviously on the day where NBA did the right thing to essentially not play their games in protest of Black Lives Matters. Hockey decided, oh, we're going to play our games anyway, but we're going to recognize that this Black Lives Matters exists. And then a day later, they said, oh shit, we kind of fucked up. We better cancel our games, right? I mean, so they're really just not with it. They're behind. They're delayed. And they're reactionary, right? So I want hockey to be better. There is a group called Black Girls Hockey Club, which I follow. And you know, they're doing great things to essentially really try to put you know the NHL on the spot in regards to their whole hockey is for everyone uh, slogan. Because NHL is trying to promote this. Ultimately, we're finding out that culturally hockey isn't for everyone. And we're finding out things here and there. And so, in a way, you know, Willie O'Ree is kind of like the kind of the starting point. You know, hockey has a long way to go. And I do really want hockey to do a much better job of spotlighting the importance of Willie O'Ree. And, and this is the perfect year to do it, right? We had an entire summer of BLM. And BLM and hockey is for everyone really should have gone hand in hand. Hockey dropped the ball, in my opinion, in terms of really saying, you know what? Yeah, hockey is for everyone, and we're going to, you know, support BLM to the fullest, and we're going to have the uncomfortable discussion to make sure we get everybody on the right footing. And I, I think, and obviously, we don't have to go into the details of what BLM means in terms of. I, I think the issue that that I have is that people misconstrue BLM as some people are implying that. These people are looking for handouts. They're just so far removed from the issues that they don't understand how these, you know, people of color are so marginalized and so pushed down. Everything that surrounds the, the challenges that they face, you know, people just don't get. So I'm hoping that hockey does a better job, and you know, Willie O'Ree needs to be at the center of it.
1: Do you think? Willie O'Ree has, and, and you know, look, it, it's my beloved Bruins, and I'm glad they're doing it. Maybe we can make the argument that we're saving the 22 to retire the great Brad Park, uh, Douglas Bradford Park. But I will say, I question right. whether... How many notices does he won. You know, you don't have. Yeah, you know, how, yeah, yeah, I how, thought so. I how thought many has so. Charles Barkley? So, Charles and yeah, Barkley isn't a great basketball so. player. Charles Barkley not, not a great I'm basketball not, I'm player.
0: I'm not defending Charles Barkley. I'm just asking you, how, you know, I mean, you
1: know. So, staying on, on, on topic here, do you think if Therese Bergeron doesn't come forward the way he does? I mean, a lot of players stepped forward, a lot of players said some great things. I remember reading what. Patrice Bergeron had posted, and it was just, it was just awesome. It was just awesome. And I wonder if this past summer, you know, the protest and the stuff is really starting to. Trickle down into other walks of life. Maybe this this was a great moment for the Bruins organization and for the NHL to say, you know what? How have we not done this? How have we not? Yeah. And, and I don't want to say it as a p or taking a PR opportunity. How have? And maybe there was a moment of clarity. I don't want to. I, I think that's a better way for me to say it. Is maybe the Bruins had a moment of clarity. People looking around. One of the best things about you know the BLM movement. You and I want a phone call or. or I think we we're on a text chain, or maybe it was a Zoom thing. I think it was Zoom Thing this summer. And there was a bunch of our hockey buddies. And I, I won't call them out by name, but somebody that you and I both look up to was saying he's been in a hiring position for a long time. And he takes pride about the diversity in his office and the diversity that he's always had. And then he takes a pause and he says. But I can do better. You know, And I maybe that's what the NHL and specifically the Bruins are, well, are saying, yeah. hey, you know what? We we can do better. And, and this is the one that they can do now. And my only, I'm, I'm just really bummed. And I think our friend said it best. It's like, well, I don't know how much sand's left in the hourglass. I don't know Willie O'Ree's health. I know he's 80-ish. And I know that, that I, I just wish the, the jersey was being raised in a packed house.
0: Well, I I think all of that is, I don't know that though. I think the tricky thing here is, is that just so to some degree, right. The Dodgers had the burden of kind of uh, leading the major league baseball uh, activities because you know, he signed with the Dodgers. You know, like it or not, the Bruins, you know, some something that happened, you, you know, eons before any people who are currently connected with the Bruins did something. So they're, they're, to some degree, I understand that the Bruins share both the, you know, the honor and the burden of being the first. But having said that, I, I really put it to the NHL. I, I really put it to, to Gary Bettman, who happened to be inducted the same freaking year as Willie O'Ree, which is oh, so freaking wrong,
1: so right? So insulting.
0: But I mean, come on, you know, read the freaking room, read the room, you know, you know that, and, that, you know, and that, do the right
1: thing. There are exceptions to every rule and there's so many, every, every year, there's debate every year who belongs in the hall of fame. And I, I think there should be a hall of fame and a hall of a very good. That's another story. Here's the thing. If you have to make an argument why somebody belongs in the hall of fame. Yeah, they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. But I think there should have been a situation where you're having two inducting ceremonies. And if you want to have the four or five people who are going in, the builder, you know, Batman and a couple players in June, great. But there should have been a, Willie O'Ree's induction should have been unto itself. You know what I mean?
0: Listen, yeah, listen. Look, I mean, Willie O'Ree being, I, I think that, NHL uses Willie O'Ree when it's convenient for them, but they don't do what they sh- really should be doing. I mean, the, the hockey is for everyone campaign, in its kind of concept, is really you know what they should be pushing with you know, Willie O'Ree at the center of it, even if Willie, you know, we can't we don't, we're not, we don't need to ask Willie to do everything. But he could still be the centerpiece of this, right? The fact that Willie O'Ree is the pioneer can be part of the story. He, it really needs to be in the context of. Look, listen, Willie O'Ree showed us that it's really about who belongs in the NHL, not what kind of people belong in the NHL. And from there, you know, we could go to you know so many places. And and really, that's where we could have been as you know as a league, NHL could have been using Willie O'Ree's. Uh, example, you know, kind of across the board for their greater good. But like I said, they're just slow. And, you know, and because they're, and you mentioned earlier in the main broadcast, Canada is more conservative than people assume them to be. You know, there is a certain, you know, resistance to anything that is different than the, you know, kind of what we had in the good old days, right? I mean, there is this nostalgia for the good old days, but in the end, you know, it's all it's all BS. You know? you know, the good old days are wired in racism and nationalism and, and you know, and all that stuff when it comes down to it. Really, I want the NHL to really show that they really mean it when they say hockey is for, everyone. you,
1: you know, you touched on an interesting thing. You had said that Willie O'Ree got one of 120 jobs back then. Yeah. I'm going to make a small correction to that. He got yeah. one of a hundred jobs. And I say that because you could not play on the Montreal Canadiens unless well, you were true, French yeah. Canadian. So truly, well, he, no, no, not,
0: they, ne- not necessarily true, but you know. yeah,
1: it's, it was very, if you, I mean, you're, you're talking, you can name, you know, on one hand, right. the non French speaking French, you know, players up into a certain sure. era. You know,
0: I, I presume like Doug Harvey is one of them, right? Doug Harvey doesn't sound very
1: French to me. But, but, but I don't know. But again, no. Yeah. I mean, but you have to be a generational player to have been right. accepted yeah, sure. by that fan base. Then. So the fact that he broke through when there was really 100 jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's true. It's like, you know, he's 80 something and, and he shouldn't right. be having to carry the burden for this at the same time. He says, that's his lot in life. I've never seen an interview with somebody who's spoken with him, spent time with him where he hasn't recognized that great responsibility and and, and been looking forward to take it head on. I, I think, there's been wavering moments where there's only two hockey manufacturers, really, who have got behind and done pushes to get equipment in, in ice time and in inner cities and stuff like that. I mean, it it is a crazy expensive sport to play. Yeah. You are ruling out, you know, a lot of, you know, just opportunity. Yeah, and it's, absolutely. Been, it's been nice to see it when you see it. But I can tell you, you know, since being back here in New England for the last few years and before COVID, uh, you know, I have two nephews and a niece whose life is hockey. And and I've been to 10 rinks around here and I don't see a lot of outreach programs. I don't see a lot of sign up. I don't see a lot of, of that. So, yeah, I'm so happy the Bruins are doing it. I'm so happy the NHL is doing it. I think. There's so many great things that have come out of the BLM movement last summer. Again, reading what Patrice Bergeron had put there about, I've had the luxury of not saying anything. Because of who I am and and what I do for a living, I've had the luxury of not having to say certain things. Uh, He said, it's, it's time to... Listen more. I'm very glad it's happening. It's something where I don't go to many sporting events, you know. That I'm not working, or my, you know, my boys would have no interest. But I would 100 percent be there to see the raising of of his jersey. I just don't know if if waiting's the right thing to do it for a full building. There's nothing to say you can't raise it again next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, or you I, I, can't listen, have I mean, something.
0: Yeah, I I think part of it is is that you know the, the ceremonial stuff is the ceremonial stuff right i think that given that this season is the way it is listen already right we have the bs of black history month being the shortest month of the year already <laughs> right, right but it happens to be inside a hockey season and So there's certainly many opportunities that NHL has throughout the entire freaking month of February to do a lot more than they have in the past, right? So hopefully we see a little bit more of that. I'm, I'm hoping that the fact that, not directly related, but NBC Sports has just announced that they will be showing some... NWHL games and so so for those people who don't really pay attention to this NWHL is the one current remaining professional women's hockey league so I'm hoping that this is kind of uh, some it's just an indicator that maybe that the community at large is really taking this hockey is for everyone you know philosophy to heart a little bit more so like I said, this year after the year and the, you know, the presidential regime that we've had, and then the summer that we've had with the uh, the amazing thing that happened with the BLM movement, is really the right time for the NHL to really expand their Hockey is for Everyone campaign. And February is the perfect month for them to do something elaborate for the entire month because, hey, they have two weeks to plan it starting now, and they got an entire
1: month to do stuff. I, I don't know how much great footage there is out there. I mean, he was a great hockey player. He, re, he was a really... Absolutely. Phenomenal hockey player. You know, all the Bruins footage, you know, you can find online. I don't know how much San Diego golf footage you can find.
0: I'm sure that's that's going to be pretty tough, right? Yeah. I think so.
1: At one point, you know, one of the things I want to do with the podcast, I want more people, you know, I want more friends to come on and stuff. A couple of our hockey friends, you know, one of our friend John, when, when we were talking about Willie and Tech Chain, because he worked for the Los Angeles Blades, and because of how old he was at the time, yeah. you know, so he he saw Willie play, you know, he's yep. the only one of our friends who was, he was young, you know, he was, yep. he he was, he was a young kid back then, but he saw Willie play a number of times and it would be yep. great You know to have him. If you got any closing thoughts, um, you know I'll let you take the floor, and uh, I hope everybody else enjoyed the sideshow. Look for some Willie O'Ree clips, and when when is the raising the ceremony? And I'm I'm taking it that's going to be a hockey night in Canada game. It would have to be, right? You
0: know what? I actually had not seen when that ceremony was, so hope maybe you could uh, (laughs) add that in post, but. Yeah, I mean, definitely something, you know, important. And, you know, maybe, you know, one day 22 is a popular number. But, hey, I I think it's okay to eat that out. It's just one number. It's it's just a freaking
1: number. I I don't think other cities have a retired 22, but I can look into that. So, yeah.
0: I can't think of very many. You know, there's a few 22s here and there, but I don't think there's any that's retired. But definitely uh, plenty of current 22s, I'm sure. So, those guys, eh.
1: You know, too bad. Right. Thank you. You, You're not, you you know, you're not a a barrier, groundbreaking, iconic legend. So, um, sorry, but not sorry. Thank you, Biff. All right.